0: Welcome to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. We pray that this message will strengthen and encourage you. Now, here's a message from Pastor Jim Cobray. And uh, I've, we've already prayed, Pastor Dan has prayed, so I'm gonna get right into the message. But I just wanted to share that with you because it's so important for us to realize every one of us that are gonna stand up for Jesus Christ are gonna be in battles, all kinds of battles. There'll be battles in the marriage, battles at home, battles on the job, battles with economics. There's all kinds of battles and wars going on with health. I've never seen such an outpouring of garbage against the church as I'm seeing right now. In all the years of 40 years of being a preacher, I, I have never seen the church bashed around. I have never seen people make comments about the Bible and now calling it a hate book because of some of the stories in the Old Testament. And it's called not only a hate book, it is called by many as if you believe the Bible that you are mentally deprived in order to believe the Bible. The proof of that is just what happened recently with, and you may not, or may know this, at Kansas University in Kansas. They had a Chick-fil-A go in across the street They picketed Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is owned by Christians and that stand up for righteousness and do things the way of God. They do not want the influence of what Chick-fil-A believes to be in their university. And they say, we don't want them there because we do not want our students to be mentally deprived. Man, since when is knowing the truth a mentally deprived thing, but here's what's happening. There's an onslaught of hell coming against all of us that believe. And if we do not in these last days stand strong, let me say it again so you don't miss me. I mean, I'm an old man and I'm probably standing in front of you telling you something, so you ought to listen. You never had grandpa ever tell you anything about Jesus anyway. So let me be your grandpa for a moment and tell you the truth. If we don't learn how to stand strong, we will be weak and we will fall away. The Bible says when Jesus comes, will he find faith? I mean, that's a crazy question of, I would say, of course, look around, you'd easily find faith, but there's such pressure. There's not a lot of people, according to scripture, that are going to stay in there during these periods of time. And we need to not only know the truth, we need to be able to exercise the truth. Is anybody listening? I was out at dinner the other night with our, our, uh, my doctor and his wife who would go to this church and Dr. Kanga also teaches the Bible college and and Beatrice, Dr. Beatrice. And uh, I walked up to the table where they were sitting. Beatrice looked at me and she said, Pastor, have you lost weight? And I said, Beatrice, no, but I'm thinking about it. (laughs) In other words, if we could just think about it all the time and never get anywhere, we're gonna have to do something about it. How many have not lost any weight, but you've thought about it? And until you get it's the same thing with the word of God. You can know about what to do and not do it and expect results. You're not going to get them. Here's one of the issues that I wanted to talk to you about this night. It's a very important issue for all of us. Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and it's important that you understand what I'm about to say. Sometimes we don't realize who we are, where we are and who he is and where he is. And what we do is we have this mentality. Let me say it again. We have this mentality. You know what that means? We think, this is the way we think in American churches. And a lot of us in this room think this way. We're here and God is there. And that's the mentality that most American church people have. I'm here and God's there. What can I do to get him involved in my prayer? What can I get him to do involved in my life? I'm in a battle, I'm under stress, I'm under pressure. Things aren't going the way I thought they ought to be going. Therefore, my goodness, what can I do? You know, and we re- don't realize the very truth of what the Bible says. He's not just there, he's inside of us. We are one with him. And if we don't understand that, then all of a sudden we've got this disconnected relationship and our prayers are based on us. Prayers are based on our needs, are based on our power, based on how good we act, based on all these other things. Instead of understanding that Jesus lives inside of us, our prayers ought to be based on him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you see that all throughout scripture and God shows us, but you know, we hear it and we know it, but we don't do anything about it. And sometimes we find ourselves not doing the right thing, ending up wondering why we're not getting the results as a Christian that we should be getting. Let me give you an example of it. Last Sunday, and I don't put any of our music ministers down for it, but I I had a real hard time with this one song. And the song said this, and you may may remember if you are here on Sunday, it's a cool song, great song. It says, uh, God of miracles come And then it says, God of miracles come. Well, let me tell you something. That sends a signal to us that he's there and we're here. And the problem with that is he has already come. He has already filled us with his Holy spirit. He already wants to back us in our prayers and with power, his power. And so all through the scripture, you see something different. Now, the song may have been written that God of miracles come like maybe in a second coming. Our God of miracles come and just fled this room. And that may be what they were saying. So I'm not criticizing it, but I need to watch what I say. Because sometimes what it does is causes me in my prayer life and in my believing life to be um, out of sync with God, if you will. Because now I'm presenting something to God instead of him being in me. With me, I'm presenting him like he's far off and I'm trying to get him to be on my side. When in fact, when I got saved, he was on my side. Is listen. So God is, here's the point. God is not there. God is in here. God is with me. God's with you. If you're born of the spirit of God, you're wall to wall, Holy Ghost. You know, you just need to understand that this is not something you have to try to attain. This is something you already have. Now, what that does is causes your prayer language and your conversation language to be tremendously excited for the future. Because it's not based on you. It's based on him. And when your life is based on you instead of being based on him because he's out of the picture, you have failed right there to even communicate with him. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And so tonight I wanna talk to you about, and here's the title of the message, In Him. What a difference it's gonna make if you in every area of your life realize you are in Him. I don't know how many people ask God for something and don't get it because they've asked God incorrectly and God doesn't respond to us, He responds to who we are in Christ Jesus. I'll show you that in Scripture. Tonight, very, very important for us to see. In Him, in the name of Jesus, it says over and over and over again in Scripture. In the name of Jesus. What's that mean? It's not something that we add on the end of a sentence like a period. It's not just an expression we say so that, you know, people will realize that we're praying correctly because it's in the name of Jesus. It's not just something we're trying to prove to everybody else that we are Christians. When it says in the name of Jesus, what it is saying in scripture is that all that he is, all where he's at, all of his presence, all of his power, all of his authority. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of all lords. He is the creator of the heavens and the earth, all that Jesus is. Now, I boldly approach the throne of grace with that attitude instead of this, I'm separated from God attitude, which gets me nowhere. We find ourselves having problems. So it's very important that we see in the name of Jesus and when we speak it, it's not something done out of routine or tradition or something that's not important. It says massively who we really are and what we're really believing in. It's not just something we say. It means, man, his presence is here and I'm not talking through my hat. I'm not talking through my want. I'm not talking through my desire. I'm talking through him who's in me. And all of a sudden, heaven starts to open up. And we miss this all the time in churches. Begging and bawling and squalling about ourselves. Wondering why God doesn't answer our prayers. Because God's not about to answer prayers unless Jesus is in you and your prayers to Him. He hears Jesus that's in you. That's the beauty of this whole thing. So with in one of these areas of our life that we miss, the importance of being in Him. I know there's about 20 or 30 things I go to tonight. I couldn't hold your attention long enough to show those to you, but I've got four of them that I want to show you tonight. Are you okay with four? Four things. is so important. The importance of being in Him. Now, here's what I'm saying, is that when you... Think about where you're at, when you're in need of something, when there is a desire, when there is a passion, when there is a request, when there is a prayer, when there is a petition, that you be somebody who gets going with the Father because of the Son. And you make your petitions known because of Him. Does not the Bible say at His name every knee will bow? That doesn't mean everybody's getting saved because they bowed. That's not what that means. It just means every stinking unbeliever on this planet eventually is gonna come to a place where they realize the truth is that Jesus is Lord and they're gonna have to bow their knee. Now, they're gonna bow their knee before they go on into damnation. And that's sad, none of us want that. But yet that's the way it's going to be because not everybody's going to believe but if you're going to believe then you're going to have to believe a certain way i'm going to have to not just want to lose the weight i got to get involved in it Not just think about losing the weight i have to get involved in it and it's the same thing with life it's the same thing with our expressions towards jesus every day of our life and recently god's been dealing with me about it and then I couldn't get away with him. Pastor Dan asked me if I would minister who, by the way, I'm honored um, to be able to always stand before the body of Christ and minister the gospel and the good news. And I just want to say something. You're here for the first time and you haven't heard Pastor Dan. Before we get into all of this, I want you to come back and hear Pastor Dan. Pastor Dan is amazing. I think, uh, now listen, just for me, I don't know who your favorite Bible teacher is, in the world, mine happens to be a guy named T.D. Jakes. He just makes me crazy. He, 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 I just jump all over the house when T.D.'s praying uh, and preaching. You know, I'm just all over the place yelling and screaming at television. I, I'm, I'm pulling out hankies and doing all that kind of stuff. I just, wow, when T.D. preaches, you know, I just think he's amazing, never, never does anything, but never misses a beat and gets you shouting. But I think one of my second or third favorite preachers is Pastor Dan. And I would just say, get back here. This guy is rocking and rolling and he is worth getting back to church to listen to because he's got something to say and God is anointing him. So importance of being in him. Number one, are you ready? Very important. Salvation. Just write the word salvation down. Um, it's so important for us to understand that there isn't any salvation outside of the name of Jesus Christ. You can preach all you want. You can be blue in your face, you're not gonna get anybody saved, things aren't gonna happen. Unless the name of Jesus is invoked, and it is preached, you're not gonna get anybody saved. This is not something to come along and say, look how blue the skies are. Do you believe in God, general God? As everybody believes in God somewhere. It might be the tree God, it might be the ocean God, but the only one that's only one name, of on heaven and earth to get you saved. That name is what? Jesus. And so there's gonna to have to be somebody who makes a statement, and that statement of salvation to people should have the name of Jesus in it. That's what this is all about. Now I wanna take you to understand that because there's so many people don't even realize that you started off, if you're saved, you started off with the name of Jesus. That's what got you saved. And if you made a commitment to something outside of the name of Jesus, you're not saved. According to the Bible, you may not like what I just said. I don't care, you know, what do I give a flip? I'm 105, and uh, I I don't care what you say and what you think, but guess what, it's still true, you're not saved. So I wanna take you, if I can, I wanna show you a verse real quick, if you will, in uh, Luke, the 24th chapter. And I'm gonna read two verses to you because they're kind of neat and Luke, the 24th chapter, uh, talking about Jesus and talking about salvation. In verse number 46, if you've got your Bible, Luke 24, 46. And let's take a look at it together. And he said to them, thus is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. So he's starting to speak how important it is for these things to take place, but 47 comes along. Verse 47, he says this, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached. Didn't stop right there. Should be preached where? In his name. And a lot of times we'll say things and never include the very power of the father wanting to hear what it is you're talking about and where is it coming from. Now I can preach repentance and I can preach remission. And by the way, for those of you who don't know what remission means, it's really interesting. Remission is this. It really means that your debt has been canceled. Let's put it up on the overhead, what remission, I've gave you that. Remission, cancel of a debt, charge, or a penalty. So I can say these words that, guess what? Here he says in verse number 47, that um, uh, uh, these words are, are spoken. He says, repentance and remission. Repentance, you know what that is. This is when you preach, hey, you gotta turn around. You can't stay the same. A woman caught me one time in the first time visitor's area and I knew where she was coming from. And I could tell by looking at her where she was coming from. And she made this statement, am I welcome? I said, you bet you're welcome. She said, well, I, I do things different than you Christians. I said, I'm sure you do. There isn't one of us in here that hasn't done something different than being a Christian when we came here. We're all a whole bunch of exes. We're all a whole bunch of people who God got in their life and made the change. I said, you're not gonna be very happy here unless you're ready and prepared to make a change. That's what Christianity is all about. It's not about pacifying you to stay where you're at. It's about getting you out of where you're at and getting you where he's at. Is anybody listening? So here's he, here this, I can preach repentance, turn around. That means get out of where I'm going and go to where God wants me to go. And then I can preach remission, which means this wonderful thing about canceling all the debts, everything. But notice, until there's a, a turning around, until there's a change, there's never gonna be the canceling of the debts. But none of that works until we get into the verse. And the verse says this, And um, in verse number 37, a remission of sins should be preached in the name of Jesus to all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. So here we come along, salvation isn't even gonna be salvation. That's how important this is, that name of Jesus being above everything else. Some of you have left it out of your life. Some of you talk to God, but you don't say, God, in all that Jesus is, in his very presence on the inside of me, His very power and authority on the inside of me, the creator of the heavens and the earth, God. I'm talking about my Jesus who went to the cross and he wiped out my debt, canceled it, and I have turned from sin and turned towards you and God. In that name of Jesus, I'm making my petition known. I'm gonna tell you something, you're gonna get answers. Because for him to say no, it'd be no to Jesus is you're not praying in yourself. Now you're praying through yourself about Jesus to the Father. Very important for us to see. Second thing I want you to notice. In fact, it's really important for us to see these things because the importance of being in Him. Here's number one is salvation. Number two, the importance of being in Him. And I love this one, gratitude. I can't even have real gratitude until my gratitude is based on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'd be thankful for stuff, but guess what? Until I am connected with Him and I approach the Father with who He is, Jesus, my gratitude doesn't work. This, what set me off was this week is that Dan used this message, this verse uh, for worship on Sunday. It was brilliantly done. But man, as I study this verse and over the years have seen it so long, it says so much. So I want to take you to Colossians If you will, in the third chapter, we're talking about gratitude. Gratitude means I'm grateful to God. I'm grateful to God, not because of who I am. I'm grateful to God because of who lives inside of me. I'm grateful to God for his power. I thank God I don't have to stop at my power. I thank God I don't have to stop about who I am. I mean, if I had to approach God and who I am, man, I am wiped out for hell. But because of Jesus, I can now approach God but it's gotta be in him, and I'm grateful for that. Now, a lot of times people don't realize this, and so they look at these verses, they don't realize how deep the verse really runs. Let's put it up on overhead, take a look at it. In the third chapter, verse number 17. And whatever you do, you do in word and deed. Pastor Dan said it like this, that's everything. Whatever you say, whatever you're gonna do, you do in word and deed, whatever. And I love the word, whatever. In the original text, which means this word whatever, means something, you know what it means? It means whatever. I mean, whatever, you know, whatever means whatever. And so it means anything, it means everything, it means whoever you are, whatever you're doing, do this. Word indeed. Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. <laughs> All right, now, not only is it a, something that'll check you. You know, I need things to check my life. Does anybody ever need things to check your life? Yeah. Try, well, I don't know, maybe you hung up on drugs. Try doing drugs and then do it in the name of Jesus. And then give thanks to God for it. Isn't gonna work. Pornography, checking out, and if you're a man, women longer than you ought to be doing or women maybe checking out men, Are thinking things you ought not to be, or sitting in a movie theater where there's nothing but the filth from the pit of hell coming out. Like, my body won't let me do that, so therefore, I can't give God thanks over what I'm doing, therefore, I ought not to be doing it. Hello? Yeah. Is that not true? See, and a lot of times we don't realize this. If I can't thank God for what I'm doing in the name of Jesus, that should be a big red flag. Don't do it. I mean drive down the freeway, all of a sudden somebody gives me the finger. a road rage jumps in and all of a sudden I want to drive up next to them and give them the finger. I mean, guy, what is this? I get old, everybody flips me off. And so it's like crazy, you know And so I, I still feel like I'm 25 or 30, and so I'm going to get up and give them the finger right back. And I, I can I do that and thank God for it in the name of Jesus? can't do it. So it stops me, it's it's like something that checks you out all the time. If you can't do it in the name of Jesus, you should not be doing it. And it makes a statement, but he talks about giving thanks to the Lord the Father. How? Through Him. Notice how he says for us to live the word indeed, and whatever we do, we do in the name of Jesus, but we give thanks to God, who the Father, through Him, through Him. Through him, not through us, through him, that name of Jesus that dwells on the inside of me, all that he is, the creator of the heavens and the earth, all that's inside of me in his name, I give thanks to the father through Jesus, not through me, but through Jesus. A lot of times we miss this. This is such a door opener for all of us. In these last days, you're going to need supernatural power. You better know the name of Jesus and what's behind the name of Jesus. Are you gonna be working this, trying to get through the problems on your own? And that's gonna to be tough. Third thing, real quick. We're talking about, oh, it's so important for us. The importance of being in Him, number three. Prayer. We talked about prayer a little bit here and there, but prayer is so vitally important we we forget it all the time. Prayer. A lot of times people don't understand this. When I pray, I have got to implement where my confidence and faith and expressions and desires come from. I have got to put it to work in my prayer life. And it's not just a slap in the name of Jesus. It's not just a period at the end of the sentence in the name of Jesus. It's something that rises from the Spirit of God on the inside of us, that takes us from who we are to who He is. Yep. And I'm not saying you're Jesus, but I'm saying Jesus lives in you. Yes. Therefore, you're bringing Him into your prayer life. Let me show you how that works. In John the 14th chapter, verse number 13, it says it like this, this kinda of cool. Whatsoever you ask in my name. This always bothered me, this verse, because I asked a lot of things and I never get a results from Has anybody ever asked God for a bunch of stuff, never got any results besides me? Am I the only person in here that's been that way? I've asked God, never got results on stuff. But you have to understand something, whatever you ask in my name, in my power, in my authority, in my position, in my presence, and what I've done on the cross at Calvary, what you have entered into and where I am existing today, not just at the throne of the heaven at the right hand, but he also lives on the inside of us. We're not here and he's not there, he's in us. And what we're doing is we're activating the king of glory on our behalf and our prayer. When we pray and ask in his name, man, let me tell you something, you won't ask something that isn't in his will. Someone said, better be in the will of God. You won't ask something that's not in his will. It just won't happen. In his name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Stop right there, that's a nutty statement. <sighs> Did you, I don't know if you caught that or not. I'll ask what you want in my name, I'll do it. And then it comes along in the last part of the sentence was that the Father might be glorified in what you do, in what you have, in your answered prayers, in the Son. In the the Son who's in you. Everything you pray goes through Him. And if it's not going through Him, it's just empty words. Now, let me tell you something. Listen to this. The glory of God builds the throne of God that he sits on. Glory is the manifested goodness of God. When you and I, through the name of Jesus, display the manifested goodness of God in our life through Jesus, it builds his throne that he sits on. That's scriptural, by the way. And he makes this statement that the Father may be glorified, the manifested goodness comes to the Father's throne through the Son. Why? Because you implemented the Son in your expressions to the Father. Are you following me? And here's what most people will do. In the name of Jesus, I'm praying this prayer and you, you didn't get it. It just words came out of your mouth. That's why it says a fervent prayer of the righteous man. It's gotta come from deep inside of you. It doesn't come out of your mouth. It comes out of your very soul. It comes out of the pit of your stomach. It comes out of your being. You see, and that's prayer, which is so amazing to all of us that we implement in our prayer life. We don't just throw on the tag, the expression, the period, the end of a sentence in His name. What we do literally, literally, is we implement his power, his authority, his abundance, his blessing, his, his, his dynamic activity, his, everything he has, everything he stands for, everything he'll ever be, everything he's ever was, everything that God created on this planet, he created through Jesus. And I put that to work in what I'm saying. Now the Father gets the glory, manifested goodness, builds his throne. Through the sun, How did the Son get involved in it? You implemented Him in your prayer life. Because why? He's not up there. He's in you. Yes. Is, is anybody listening? The fourth one we're talking about, and I love this, the importance of being in Him. And I love number four. It's kind of fun. Healing. I had to put all this together. Like I said, there's so many of them. about healing power and authority. The reason I'm going to use that name is because I'm going to implement I'm gonna activate healing power and authority, not in me, but in Jesus. I can't tell how many people in my life have come up to me and said, I believe God's given me a healing ministry. And I thought, oh, how wonderful. Yes, great. So you're gonna lay hands on people and people, and they ended up failing and not even going to church, never having anything. You know why? because it's not about your ministry, it's about his ministry. And when it becomes your ministry, it's no longer his ministry. Are you, are you listening to what I'm saying? In other words, when it's not you, but it's somebody else, it doesn't work. It's got to be him. And that's what this is all about. Very important. I, I remember this verse, it drove me nuts for years. And the Spirit of God today, while I was meditating these verses, brought this up to me. Acts 16, chapter. And let me just explain it to you. So turn there, Acts 16, chapter. And we see that Paul and Silas are out preaching revival. And it's kind of interesting because they're preaching this Word of God, they're preaching revival, they're getting results. And there's this lady, this girl, actually, the Bible says a girl, and she is making statements about them. The statements she makes, every preacher in the world would love to have. I would love to be preaching and people in the audience stand up and say, listen to this guy. He knows what he's talking about. Listen to him. He's a man of God. Wouldn't that be wonderful? But the Bible says that Paul was aggravated and it was like he was absolutely in a place of frustration over this lady. She hadn't said anything wrong. She, of course, picked up something that was wrong. Let me read you the verse, if I can, starting in verse, if you will, in verse number 17. The girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God. Man, is that not a truth? And watch this, who proclaimed to us the way of salvation. Is that not a truth? Man, make her an elder in the church. Make her a leader. Wow. Verse number 18. And this she did for many days, but Paul greatly annoyed. The word annoyed means he wasn't just lightly bothered. In the original text, it really says that he was in distress about this woman. And Paul, who was greatly distressed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, and he came out that very hour. Now, you say, that's a fascinating story. I think what Paul picked up on, I don't know, this is just 101 Jim Cobray, so don't go to the bank on it. You know, sometimes I give you my opinion about things. This is my opinion, not, it's not stated in the scripture. I don't want you to run off and make some kind of crazy doctrine about it. So I'm kind of pre-warning you, this is what I think. I think she said two things, two words that tricked Paul's insight and realized this is not a woman of God. You know what they were? Back to verse number 17. In verse 17, it says, and Paul cried out saying, these men, these men, these men, it's not about the man. It's not about their ministry. It's about the king of glory. It's about God. They're servants of the most high God And then Paul comes along and shows the power. Paul was very sensitive, if you read scripture, about people giving him the praise and glory for what was going on in his life. He made sure that everybody knew that it was Jesus doing it, not him. When Pastor Dan or Pastor Jesse get up here in front, it's not Pastor Jesse, it's not Pastor Dan. It better not be Pastor Dan and it better not be Pastor Jesse. They've been taught too well to know that when they come up here, they're coming up in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's gonna make all the difference in the world. So fascinating. I'm gonna take you to another verse. We're talking about his power and his authority. We're talking about uh, healing. I mean, for healing, we're, we're talking about, I just remember this time in Acts, if you will, the third chapter. And it's where you see Peter and John, they're entering into the temple. And as they walk into the temple that morning to worship God, their eyes hook onto somebody who's begging in the street alms. Do you remember the story? And and he's asking for money. And as his eyes connect with their eyes, he thinks he's going to get money. And he starts to go put his hand out that they're going to give him money. And Paul, uh, excuse me, Peter makes this incredible statement. He says, silver and gold, I have none. Stop. You don't go to the temple unless you have an offering. He had money to put in the offering. He might've been saying, I have none for you because the money I have is for the temple. But he gives him something better. And he makes this statement in verse number six. And Peter said, silver and gold, I do not have, but what I have, I give to you. And the first thing that comes out of his mouth is this, this. This is what he has. Here's what I have. I have the king of glory the power and authority on this planet. He is the king of all kings. He's the lord of all lords. He was here before time and will be here after time is gone. He's the one who created the heavens and the earth. He's the one who's going to split the eastern sky and come back for us. His name is Jesus and I have him to give to you. Now, if he just walked up to this guy and say, well, you know, we've been having pretty good success in our healing ministry, stand up and be healed. I think that guy would be crippled to his death. The Bible makes it very clear. He stood up, he rose, and he walked. Why? Because he gave him what he had. What have you got? What have you got to the world that you go to work at? What have you got every day as the devil beats you from pillar to post trying to tell you you're not gonna make it, you can't make it? What do you got when the universities call you somebody who is mentally deprived because you believe in Jesus? And the government maybe someday shuts us down out of persecution. All religion is over, because some are out there killing so many and wiping out so many and killed thousands in 9-11. Therefore, we stop all religion in our country. I don't know, maybe that could happen. But I'm here to tell you, what do you do when all hell breaks out in your family? What do you do when all hell breaks out against your children? What do you do when all hell breaks out against what you normally could uh, exist in, but you can't exist that way anymore? What do you do when changes come and they come all the time in all of our lives? Man, I'm gonna tell you something. I don't have much, but I have this to give. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand and be healed on somebody. There's such a difference between you and you in God. Such a difference between God who's just in heaven and a God who lives really inside of you. Don't treat him like he's afar off. Remember who's in you. His name is Jesus. That name that is above every name. Is anybody listening tonight? Come on. Let's give the Lord a great big praise. Thank you for listening to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. If this message spoke to you, please share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find more information at www.rockchurch.com.